where we're going to go from here uh, as an MVP of today. Uh, we want to marry up community with data, with products. In our first month of launch, in one day, we have around thousands uh, of customers flowing through the site, buying products. And we were, you know, my phone, I have my Shopify app um, and Stripe app on my phone, just could not stop buzzing. And I thought there was something wrong about, um, you know, the our website. Um, so, so that was the sort of, I guess, explosive growth that we've experienced. This is My Product Tested, the show that unpacks how successful founders have tested their way to the top and all the market validation that happened along the way. In studio, as always, from the Hype team, Miles Hofak and Cameron Calder, and here in studio this week, Peony Lee, founder of the UK healthcare startup Jude. Peony and her founding team have spent the last two years building a product that's on a mission to open up a much-needed conversation to make bladder care preventative, holistic, and no longer embarrassing. Peony herself is a top businesswoman focusing on making a difference in people's lives around the world through creating a better experience and perception around health and personal care. Moving to the UK at just age 14, she's built her own incredible journey by bulldozing her way through the investment and technology scene, working with top companies like EasyJet, M&S and Aviva, female entrepreneur, business mentor at Innovate, a pivotal player in day's success and self-proclaimed most knowledgeable person in all of the UK on the hollow organ we call the bladder. Welcome to the studio, Peony. Thank you for having me. What a great introduction. I actually arrived um, in the UK when I was 15 years old, but probably that's the only, only difference. Um, but yeah, thank you for the grand intro. Yeah, we always like to spice it up a bit um, and just sort of get the most out of you. And we're really excited to have you in the studio. I think this has been a while that we've been following Jude. And, you know, as we've said, the the brand itself is just beautifully curated. And I think, you know, something like this is normally very scientific and specifically in healthcare, you know, it's a very legacy type people that are introducing these new uh, ideologies into the world and having a very fresh young take on the brand is just a nice difference that I think people are really going to be excited about. And, you know, already your traction has been amazing to date. So, yeah, we're excited for the recording. Great. So, Bernie, you now almost two years in. Uh, you know, created this beautifully crafted brand with a really strong uh, purpose. But today in this very room, what is Jude? Jude is a community-led healthcare brand. Um, and we talk about stuff that no one likes to talk about. And when I say community, our brand, our products, everything that we do is inspired by um, hundreds and now coming to up to thousands of women. Um, who has fed back to us how our samples, our products have been working for them. We don't stop doing that until they say it's, you know, twice as good as what is out there in the market. Even down to the name Jude is co-created with our community. So it is genuinely a healthcare company that speaks directly to our customers, unlike a lot of personal care giants and corporations out there with a few people in the lab doing some scientific products and not knowing whether that is going to speak and, you know, meet the emotional needs of our customers. We turn that into, you know, around um, and disrupt the market that way. Amazing. Yeah. And I mean, just looking at your experience over the years, you've had 
amazing experience from an investment uh, perspective, um, from the mergers and acquisitions and working at Founders Factory, where it's a lot more technical, a lot more investment numbers focused, and then moving into a place where you're working on an amazing brand, quite similar to Jude, like Day, um, and quite similar in terms of beautiful aesthetic, you're speaking to the consumer, you're there for the community, and all of these things kind of influence where you are today and the product and brand that you've created. How has the sort of past, you know, the, the numbers focus side and then working towards this very community-based holistic brand, how has that sort of experience influenced what you are today and, and the brand you've yeah, created? Yeah, everything has evolved um, every single time I joined a company or joined a role. But I suppose I, I one thing that did not never change is... Um, the intention of always wanting to start an organization that is mission-driven to impact people's quality of life and bring innovation into people's life. And um, when I left MA, the reason was because I felt I was sitting a few layers away from actually helping people and actually supporting people. Um, after that, um, I actually went to Africa uh, and supported two women um, for the macadamia nuts business and digitizing that business. I know there's a huge macadamia nut uh, presence in South Africa as well. And that's actually sparked um, a lot of my ideas as well as confidence to go into the startup space. After that, Founders Factory, um, I head up the investment team and invested in around 60 companies, um, as you said, from working with MS, EasyJet, L'Oreal, and just seeing the whole space. Uh, getting to know the network and the people in the space as well, um, guided me to understand my passion lies in consumer health, uh, being able to just, you know, invest and know all the founders in fintech. And I think, you know, consumer healthcare is just that segment where you push innovation through healthcare and you can talk to people and see what's the immediate impact you've made um, to them. And I love it so much um, that I have to leave this investment role um, to join Day. Um, and at the time, it was very numbers driven uh, at MA as well as at Founders Factory. And I think at Day, it was the first time, first 10, I saw how a brand and a mission um, can really put people together. Uh, that speaks so much volumes that it doesn't need that one-on-one -on -one communication. You put something out there that grabs people's attention and from there you can evangelize people in hundreds and in thousands. I saw that power of mission-driven aesthetics brand that bring a taboo alive um, by turning, you know, a traditionally very difficult to explain topic like period pain or like endometriosis into something people actually want to talk about. Um, and what is really eye-opening for me is women come to us every day telling us how we have heard them and we have supported them because endometriosis is basically being ignored as an issue for the last few decades. Um, so they tell us how they can go to work that week of the month. They can go to school that week of the month and how that matters to them. Um, at the time I was uh, head of operations, which means I scaled, uh, scaled up their manufacturing capabilities. I trained up workers in the warehouse. Uh, I put the team together. Uh, I brought the products to retailers and expanded their retail footprints. Um, I saw the company sort of scale from pre-launch to series A metrics. Um, and all of that is just amazing experience. But what really changed me 
is that brand impact and that mission-driven impact. Uh, took all of that with me. At the start of the pandemic, um, I actually started distributing protective equipment because I saw how many frontline workers um, was, you know, going up to the, the front of the battle fields, not having any face mask or gowns and saving the nation. And I just started a side hustle. Within three months, I distributed around 6 million pieces of PPE um, for the nation. Um, I was just on my own. That's amazing. Moving boxes, calling up care homes, calling up charities, doing WeChat videos with supply chain and manufacturers um, to make sure they're quality products, um, calling up DHL because stock was like, you know, held up, um, navigating all these hurdles. Um, that is the first time I saw how bladder issues impact people in care homes because I was working with a lot of care homes. Mm. And I think what is so interesting is... Um, Bladder issues aren't just impacting people living in the care homes. It is also, it's also impacting the carers who are in their early 40s, business owners who own those care homes in their like early 40s, late 50s, confident people, capable people, also suffering from bladder issues. And when I say bladder issues, I think immediately what people sort of recognize is, oh, is it they can't hold up their pee? Is it they're just weighing their pants? It's actually so much more diverse than that. It can mean, you know, waking up at night more than three times, going to the toilet. It could mean, you know, you just have to go and it's just felt like you can't hold it in. Uh, It happens to a lot of athletes. Actually, the highest density of young people having bladder issues is in young athletes. So being able to talk about this issue in these pockets, uh, representing different demographics uh, will bring this issue alive. In fact, 2.3 billion people globally experience bladder issues from UTI to prostate health to bladder issues. And that is 45% of the global population. Yet um, only tenor, only always, only depends, trying to resolve this issue by saying it is normal, put a pad and just get on with life. You know, we're living in this era where issues like that needs to be need to turn from reactive to preventative, um, turn from only medical scary to holistic. Um, so this is what all you know, prompted um, the idea of Jude. Yeah, because I mean, the interesting thing there is, you know, it's like a passion over profit, yeah, where you work in a big VC, like Founders Factory, and you must have seen thousands of pictures come across your desk and you know, a lot of them have this amazing purpose, but if the numbers aren't there, then unfortunately the investment isn't right. And now you're working towards something where you're kind of aligning the two as well, where you have this amazing passion, purpose-driven, mission-driven project. And it also mm-hmm. has this huge opportunity where, as you say, 45% of the population, the demand is there and you are solving this beautiful problem that, you know, people are, one, not speaking about, and two, just don't have the access to solve it as well. A hundred percent. And um, I have been finding that, I suppose, perfect triangle of um, mission, um, purpose, commercial, um, as well as just like what I'm good at doing, right? Like my ability um, for probably six years. Um, so it took a long time. It doesn't come overnight. When I left university, I knew I want to do something 
in the health space. I just didn't quite know how to get there. So it's through every single role that I joined and left, um, the constant dialogue with myself um, of what, you know, really gets me up and going, what gives me energy, um, who do I speak to that, you know, really inspires me um, to come to this place. And when you talk about mission, I think Jude um, solving bladder issues is our first mission. Um, the societal shift that we want to bring towards the world um, is to look at age and age-related health taboos differently. So bladder issues is just one. There's so many other taboos and health issues. Uh, when we grow older, we will experience, you know, like it or not, uh, being able to use examples of our community, how they are proactively solving it, how they're so good humored, um, how they don't actually care about being embarrassed. They just care about being themselves and sometimes eccentric self and using those examples to tell you know, younger people in their 40s, 30s, growing older is awesome. Um, as long as we know how to care for our bodies. Uh, and we know the organs that exist in our bodies that might malfunction in the future and start now. Um, so that is, you know, the, the, the mission and the, and the purpose that we want to bring to the world. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to hear that you say growing older is awesome because, um, I mean, Cam and I are pushing 30 now. So, you know, we're uh, getting on the other side of life. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But um, I find it really inspiring that, uh, you know, you are, finding a way to connect to this sort of community, because obviously there is a community out there, you know, and I think uh, companies like Jude uh, are sort of bringing these communities to light or, or giving them an opportunity to have a voice. Um, so it's, it's, it's amazing to know that there are these types of communities out there. You know, it just takes sort of a, a mission driven business like yours to sort of bring them out uh, and sort of give them that voice, you know, um, but speaking more about your your community, how how do you how exactly do you connect with them? Um, is it you know is it on your site? Um, is there you know do you have a forum? How does that sort of yeah? We work? we started on a private Facebook group, uh, and we started with you know just a couple of members, um, but it has grown mm -hmm. organically without any advertising. Um, word is only word of mouth. Um, our initial. Um, few hundreds of members, uh, one of them called Tessa Owen. Um, she just volunteered to be our community manager. She's in her 60. And she said, I really want to work for Jude because I see what you guys are trying to do. And I, I and when you mentioned there are a lot of communities out there or communities exist for this demographic. And I think what we're trying to do that's different um, is that like a lot of people look at older people in two ways. One is like, oh, um, you know, you guys are like suffering from all these issues. Let, let's help you. Um, the second angle is like, oh, let's celebrate age. Like, let's talk about how amazing it is. Like, I think that this pro-age and anti-age dialogue um, is, is a bit outdated. It needs to be updated. Like, I think, you know, my mm. mom and my dad, they're just doing so many different things and they're interesting people, right? Like they're not to be helped um, or not to be celebrated because of their age. They're here to live. They're here to share. They're here to desire mm. anything that they want to desire. And it's about giving exactly what you said, a forum for them to confidently express themselves, make friends, and um, just also take care of their body and learn something new every day. Um, so this is what the community is about. Entertainment, education, exploration. 
Yeah, no, I'm excited to hear more about the the growth of the community and how it first started. But going back to the original problem that, you know, Jude's solving um, two years ago and what what Jude's now solving today, what was that original problem? Is it it an accessibility problem that people don't have the means and just the distribution just wasn't available, you know, two years ago or, or prior to that? Or are you kind of solving this lack of knowledge out there that, um, you know, people just don't disseminate towards them. Sure. So I think the first problem that we wanted to solve two years ago is like if you walk into the aisles of a supermarket or boots on a grocery shop and, um, you know, you see all sorts of colors in beauty and skincare and um, it's getting better in the period care space. But if, once you walk into you know, incontinence, suddenly it just looks grim. So there is a very limited um, option of products for people to buy uh, when they experience this issue. It is embarrassing for them to walk into this aisle. Uh, For this demographic, shopping online wasn't really a thing, you know, around five, six years ago. Um, So they have to go to the shop. They're trying to put, you know, a a pack of huge diaper pads like in their bag. It's clinically looking, it's condescending, the loss of dignity uh, just reminds them that they're getting older. So that is, you know, the a a big problem like accessibility and limited range of products but also on top of that education and awareness of this issue actually does not just happen with age Um, it is a lot of lifestyle factors and when we get deeper into this topic a year in we found um, incontinence or the severity of incontinence is not caused by aging Um, And it's actually much more higher correlated with the number of years left untreated. So the difference and what this message is sending is that you have to get treated um, if you you have, you know, leaks in your early 30s, which is usually when women get leaks after childbirth, get treated. On average, the women that come to us have been suffering from this issue alone and in silence for 20 years, two decades before they sort of change their mindset of like, you know, I don't want to be feel embarrassed anymore. I just want a treatment. Um, so from our product lines of fully compostable pads and liners that are plant-based, 100% hypoallergenic, we have pushed our supplements, uh, which is clinically proven. They are they have three human clinical trials being run on the formulation. Um, so they are double-blind, placebo, have placebo RCT, which is the gold standards of what clinical trials are. They're 79% effective in reducing daily leaks, as well as 39% effective in reducing night wheeze. Um, and we have already been changing lives of thousands of women. They come to, to us and said, I can now go on holiday, wear a swimsuit without thinking about my blood at all and that's just what I need um, I donated all my pads to Tesco because I felt like a new woman today these are all words from them and not ours um, so being able to see um, that change in our community combining with the change of our organization um, has been amazing and now we're going to solve other issues like UTI um, and also prostate health for men. Um, just super, super excited to get into bigger spaces and within this uh, above the knees, below the waist category. That's um, that's an amazing name for the category as well. Very specific. There's um, an interesting, you know, you're solving the problem of this accessibility, which 
is the embarrassment as well that you heading into a boots and then you're buying a whole range of products that you have to walk out of the, the boots with. And that's kind of a representation of your personality. And I would imagine some people don't actually go because of that. And then there's, you know, there's the urgent fixes where something's horribly wrong with your bladder and you need this accessibility. And then the other side, you don't actually know that something's wrong and you just haven't had the education that someone's been out there or there's like-minded people in this community that are now sharing this information, which is nice to have these two problems that are being solved with these two different types of people that you're going after. 100%. And um, how I coined bladder issues and bladder weakness is it is a clinical iceberg, meaning you get to see a very small segment of people seeking help, going to the GPs. In fact, two thirds of women feel embarrassed talking to the GPs about this. Um, only 17% of people actively tr seek treatment um, out of the two thirds of women. Um, so what we, what we see within the NHS and within our public health system is literally tip of the iceberg. Uh, below that, um, you know, below the sea, there's just so many people who are embarrassed or didn't know that's a problem or didn't know that it can be treated. Um, so a lot of the education needs to needs to be there. But I think what is so interesting is also at the tip of the iceberg, when people finally got to NHS, finally got prescribed a medication, um, there is this medication called oxybutynin. Um, it's our first line medication NHS prescribed. Unfortunately, it um, increased the risk of dementia. It also... Um, 55% of women comes off that medication after three months of having it. Imagine half of the women comes off it because of side effects, dry eyes, dry mouth. So this is not a very well tolerated medication. Um, so when women hits that stage, what they do is they blame themselves that, oh, this is, ho I'm hopeless. But actually our supplements is probably the best alternative, uh, low side effects, very effective, clinically proven, um, just returning the life back to this woman. Mm. Yeah, that's <clears throat> that's quite amazing, actually. Um, so I know that you 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 mentioned your sort of uh, private Facebook group, um, but what sort of happened after that, and what did your your sort of MVP, your first product, look like? Sure. So I would say like. I treat myself as an MVP all the time. The company is always an MVP as well. Um, and we are just iterating our product offering, a community offering um, probably on a daily basis. Um, so where are we gonna go from here uh, as an MVP of today? Uh, we want to marry up community with data, um, with products, mm. What we have already done with the limited resource that we have in the past is, you know, sending samples um, to our customers, to, to the community, get a lot of data of like how they feel about it. And there's longitudinal data as well across six weeks, 12 weeks mm. to see what happens uh, when they take the supplement in this way. How do, how do they feel combining with Kegel exercises? How do they like our pads and feeding that back into our supply chain? Um, so that is an MVP on its own. But what we want to do in the future is marrying all that up um, and start to personalized medication, pharmaceutical medication and supplements to our women and men in the future with different dosages of estrogen, different dosages of bioidentical hormones that can support them in their journey of getting older. 
It's fantastic. Um, so what what was sort of the, the the adoption like initially? You know, was there quite a lot of educating that you had to uh, sort of put out there to your community, or was it, was it quite a a fast sort of growth stage? Sure. Um, I would say our education and our articles and the Free Bladder Handbook, it took us a lot of time to prepare and to write up and, and to build that brand. Um, and how I sort of mentioned about, I learned the power of brand to evangelize thousands and hundreds. Uh, I think that is what Jude mm. did. Um, when we first launched in our first month of launched in one day we have around thousands uh, of customers flowing through the site wow. buying products and we were you know my phone I have my Shopify app um, and Stripe app on my phone it just could not stop buzzing and I thought there was something wrong about um, you know the our website mm. um, so so that was the sort of I guess explosive growth that we've experienced challenging assumptions a lot of people felt oh this this community is definitely not going to be online no actually a lot of people shopped even through their iphones and smartphones um and they read all of our content they open all of our emails um and i i believe this audience is captive because we have something to say and they want to listen to what we have to say so i would really say invest in the brand, invest in the mission that you want to do and provide resources and provide education in ways that you can to complement on the products that you're trying to sell. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting to have like somewhat of a product market fit from the get-go where you have this really nice mm. audience that is already buying because the need stack is so high. Um, and, you know, from our side, we a very analytics focused business. And, you know, it's nice to get all of your data on the one side where you're seeing your conversion rates and you're seeing where the traffic's coming from and you can optimize all of that stuff. But, you know, to get the qualitative feedback where you're getting someone's actual, they're speaking to you and they're telling you their full experience that they've had with the brand, they're telling you uh, certain insights that you can't pick up from metrics. And I think that's what's so powerful about having this community. It's your soundboard to bounce off all your new product mm. offerings all your new tailored offerings and i think the personalization of your product is going to be amazing in a few years once you you know leverage even more information from these these communities yeah, yeah it, it almost sounds like there was this sort of sense of relief amongst this community that there is sort of now this forum that they can you know connect with others uh, dealing with similar problems and going through the same experiences yeah a hundred percent and it's not just a sense of relief but also a sense of liberation as well because you know they just want to talk mm. about it and uh when i say that they're very good humored um you know a few a few um community members come in and say really great to be invited to this community never expected there will be a bunch of women to talk about unexpected um pistol parties that's basically what they say it's so 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 humorous. um everyone jumps that's on amazing. that thread and just having a bit of laugh and we don't mind having a bit of fun and our community mm. as well so a lot of our tone of voice and brand actually reflects exactly how they say things the way they like to be they like to say things mm. Yeah, I think it's such a fine line that some brands don't get right where they're going too tongue-in-cheek where, you know, it almost feels a bit cringe to be part of this and it loses the genuinity that's behind it. And then you have this this nice sort of empathetic side of it where it's every now and again you get a golden nugget that someone's posting about, you know, piss and party, something like that, where the whole community goes, oh, okay, we're all the same, we're all going through yeah. this. 
you know, let's mm. let's share more information yeah, together. I believe. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's one of those things that uh, I mean, we're we're all growing older. We're all gonna you know get there eventually, so we might as well just enjoy it. I guess. Yeah. hundred percent. And getting there whilst, you know, not minding having a bit of fun, learning, growing <laughs> is basically what I want to do Definitely. in the next, I don't know, 50 years. So it's just good to have examples mm. to see how it can be. Yeah. Mm. And, and just talking about the community a bit more. So, I mean, this was a very valuable asset for the business from a, a growth pers- perspective. What did that look like from the beginning? You know, was this the original idea that you, believed was going to take the brand from zero sales to where you are now um what was your approach kind of from the beginning and were there any challenges and learnings that made the opportunity to to grow a lot easier yeah i would say when you're building communities um you can't build a community with um a person that's owning it that is not in the demographic um, so I actually have um, hired a few people that are like fairly young, like myself, and trying to manage the community, trying to have one-on-one chats. And I still have one-on-one chats with our community members. But the conversation and that emotion that I bring to the community is very different from a community manager that understands the community. So um, I, I never had, I guess, like a, community manager community fit if you get what I mean um, because of the age demographic um, the person that I hired the few people I've hired um, so I would say you know invest in your time to find the right kind of person you want that spirit of the community to grow um, acro- like uh, across time our community has become you know lots of Tessas um, that is now our community manager we recently hired our head of brand and content. Uh, her name is Anarchy Somerville. Um, she is an influencer, but also a podcast host. Uh, she's super caring, really ambitious, but also just very good humored. And, you know, hiring some someone like that to embody the brand is really important and make sure she has that gut instinct of like what she believed the brand should be. Um, so if anyone who is, trying to build a brand and trying to build a community just imagine yourself building a community with your own friends and you're probably the one that put these friends together that is the role that you want to play but just in a business sense it does not change the dna of how humans are online offline yeah yeah Yeah. no no, i mean it's amazing to build these communities that are valuable and then you know when you start seeing what the reply rates are and how engaged these people are in the communities it must be really incredible to see those kind of metrics because it's outside of these hardcore business focused metrics where you know you look at back at your time at founders factory it's you know very core bottom line making sure that there's profit all the time and looking at ltv and cac like all the time and here you're looking at you know what does engagement look like and you know, I, I know you, you know, you're still running a business here. You still need to make revenue. You still need to make profit. How are you then translating this into revenue? You know, you have this amazingly engaged community. Um, is it kind of an organic approach that you slowly pull people into the website and then build people on to, to generate a, a higher retention, which I would 
imagine is a repeat purchase as well for them. Sure. So all the metrics that you talked about, LTV, CAC, month on month growth, like it's it's a given for us. It's basic for us. But then I think what really inspires as a brand is these metrics that investors probably just never come across, uh, but ha- have a direct and indirect impact to these kind of basic metrics that we need to track. So for instance, in our community, uh, we never, never, ever sell products on the community. Um, but what happens in the community is people see the products, um, maybe from a Facebook ad or maybe word of mouth, um, you know, this demographic, they've seen basically everything, you know, from the supplement cowboy industry um, to tenor and always. So they're a bit skeptical, right? Like we're all humans. We, we can be skeptical times. Yeah. So they join the community to see what other women, real people um, say about the supplements. So we just post what do you think about the supplements? Um, how have you taken that? And it's just sort of like a self-sustaining um, community where we have just fans and um, ambassadors, you know, rooting for us um, and telling, you know, other women, this has worked for me this way. It's better if you cut down caffeine and cut down alcohol for a week and try the supplements for five, five weeks minimum to see where you get to keep chatting with me, you know, all the best for you thinking of you today, like that just will never be replaced by any any social advertising, anything that we say. So um, our community, I would say after someone joined the community, the conversion rate to site is just a lot higher. Um, Mm. So that community, what what that helps us with is, you know, it's also a supplement, right? Like it can work for 86% of the people from our clinical trials. Um, So there will be 14% of people that it didn't work for them, but um, the community will be there to support them. Uh, We also do Kegel exercises as well. So it's not just a brand piece, um, an engagement piece, a conversion piece, but also it is a piece when people didn't have a good experience with our products, they come back to the community and they just get resolved before it goes to pilot or you know a bad review on google or whatnot so it it, it is the start and end for us yeah yeah that foundation is just so great to have there's so much depth in the brand as well and you're kind of tinkering on the top level stuff because you have so much depth below from the community constantly engaging constantly giving value um so i mean that's the kind of education piece that you've been speaking about since the beginning when you first started and then I guess the accessibility side and more sort of tailored towards personalization where, you know, this website is beautifully tailored to you get then education and then you see what you actually need as a solve or preventative measure. And then you can immediately purchase this and it arrives at your home and, you know, you, you get on with your yeah. life um, a lot better. So that original problem of accessibility and education when you first started that's kind of this common thread that's been carried throughout the brand two years later where you are today. Is this something that you strongly, you know, wake up in the morning and go, you know, we need to continue solving this. And that's kind of our common thread that we're going to carry through for, for the years to come. Yeah. I think that the continuous thread is turning reactive behaviors around health into proactive preventative um, treatment and being able to, whole examples of how individual people have done that. Um, for me, health is a story, not just a symptom, and being able to illustrate that with all these amazing women's stories. And when I say they're amazing, they've gone through cancer, 
they've gone through surgery, they've gone through the loss of husbands and family members, and still they're picking themselves up uh, and treating their own health issue and going for a walk, doing Kegel exercises. And it's about highlighting that. So for me, it's about the, the preventative elements of we look at health, but it's also about representing these just like little heroes of our society and telling everyone life can be lived in this way. Amazing. Fiona, thank you so much for your time. This has been incredible and super insightful for the both of us. Um, I really think our listeners are going to enjoy the take on this. And I think it's a completely different approach to, you know, when we chat to other sort of founders focused on product, it's very much about hardcore iteration where do we start finding potential opportunities as soon as we're at product market fit? How do we scale this? Very much business focused, very much numbers focused. And, you know, the passion might not always be there. And from your side to, you know, hear your inspirational story over the past two years that you found, you know, passion can be an amazing driver for the business and actually influence mm -hmm. the metrics that you're tracking, um, which is really amazing to see. So thank you so much for your time. We've really appreciated this. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for yeah. having me again and have a lovely weekend. Yeah, you too, you too Pia. Thanks so much. Cool. What do we think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's amazing to see that, I guess, the, the pandemic sparked this sort of healthcare um, reimagination. Re you know, we're seeing a few companies pop up like this that almost on the back of the pandemic and trying to make healthcare more accessible for communities, um, you have these amazing companies like Jude, um, you know, sort of being started and turned into a, a community, community where people feel safe and they feel like they're part of something and that they don't have to feel embarrassed about, you know, problems that people, that a lot of people have and that a lot of people will have. So it's, yeah, yeah it's really amazing to also, you know, hear from Peony and how she is passionate about connecting with people and, and helping people. Um, I think that's super inspiring. Yeah, I think it's quite an interesting for her to have this background in purely numbers and business and then mm. just like overlaying this with a strong passion for, you know, a mission that she's trying to solve. And I think like, you know, her research and numbers that she speaks about throughout the podcast is waxed. You know, she's saying 45% of the entire population is suffering from this. That's a huge market that she's going after. And, you know, she's building a beautiful brand with a strong aesthetic. She could have mm. just gone and built a very simple MVP and just distributed it to make delivery easier or accessibility easier. Mm. But she, she knows that there's a greater depth to, to be created and mm. she's building this strong, strong brand around it. Yeah, for sure. And I think this, you know, this community that she speaks so highly of will definitely continue to be the backbone of the business, you know, in a way they will need to do very little advertising because this community will be so strong and it will continue to grow because they're solving an issue that is very real and it's happening to loads of people. Amazing. That's uh, Peony Lee, founder of the healthcare startup, Jude. We'll catch you guys next week for another episode of My Product Tested.